Welcome to the Shooting Blanks Wrestling Report. I am the big guy Ryback, joined by Raj Geary of Wrestling Inc., WrestlingInc.com. Raj, how's your morning going? Uh, absolutely insane. You know, we've been joking about what we're going to be talking about here with everything slowing down, and it just keeps getting crazier and crazier. There could be no wrestling going on, Raj, and I feel like <laughs> that's when there'll, there'll be more gossip and news than ever. <laughs> no one cares about anything wrestling storyline-wise, you know, like what's going on on the actual TV. Uh, it's all out of the ring right now, and it's just insanity. It just makes it shows you in pro wrestling how important having an audience is and, and, and the interaction yeah. of, for the pro wrestling. Yeah, it, go, it I just can't goes watch together. It. Yeah, I, I'm yeah. the same. I could turn in, I could catch a here a little bit, and then I'm I'm out. It's just not interesting to me. And for me, I like I've talked. I love the the energy of it, of it all. Right. That to me is what makes pro wrestling so special. And and watching it just brings me back to like the training, and and that's all great and stuff. But it's stuff that you don't want people to be seeing. Right. And uh, it exposes it, in my opinion. But there's a lot that goes on, and for these companies, why they're doing it, and you know, it's not my I'm not in charge of those companies, so it's yeah. There's a lot of play. So WWE last week, we'll start with this. Last Is that week, the Kronikov were... there, Rush. <laughs> get rid of this mic. I mean, we'd have to hit up Matt Coon for next week. Here, you're going to be out of. <laughs> no kidding. We didn't even talk about this before the show started, but last week, WWE had their first COVID-19 positive test, and it came out. Well, it came out last week, and it actually happened. During WrestleMania, the last day of the WrestleMania taping, a lot of curious stuff here. WWE kind of went out of their way to say that the the employee who got it, who is an on-air talent, name is not disclosed, but is not a wrestler, was believed to be a member of the broadcast team, contracted it while out to dinner with friends and, uh, yeah, was quarantined. They didn't say anything till weeks later and it, it came out, so... Yeah, first COVID-19 case for WWE, and instead of stopping, they decided to go live every week, which we'll get to. There's a couple things with this, and I don't know, was it Corey Graves that has it or no? Because was he there this week? It Was it confirmed that it wasn't him? Him and Carmella, it wasn't. It wasn't that. Does anyone have any suspicions of who it could have been, Byron Saxton possibly, or no? I can't, I can't say. Know, I, I know who it is. I'm going to talk off the record, but. Okay, okay. To me, it's odd that that hasn't been disclosed, and. What they've done, and they've they've done, it's inevitable. This is we're going to get into this. Well, what's going to happen here with them with this? But the fact that they put out the news and they they do they try to control the narrative and they feed it out to Melter and they have their people that they will do that. That the fact that they even say that they contracted it while out to dinner that is yeah, how, are you, how do you know? You can't. You don't know. They probably most likely contracted it from another talent that they're around at, at the performance center or through traveling. There could have been any, and there's no way to pinpoint. So the fact that that they're covering their asses by putting that out there right away, saying they contracted it at dinner, hell of a statement to make on that. 
that's wow. You guys now know where the people you have technology in tests that nobody else says, you know, where they contracted it exactly at the time and place at dinner with hospital friends. Hell of a story, hell of a story. But the fact that they not are not saying who it is, that is scary to me and what's going to happen. And, I, and I've said this before in the, the previous weeks is there's going to be a, an influx of talent coming down with it that they're not going to be able to hide. I think more talent have had it than they're letting on and they have access to this testing that they are not purposely testing for because I think they know that once it's inevitable, once it starts coming out, I think they're going to be forced and pressured to shut down with what's going on, which is why I think AEW recognized everything going on, did a mass thing of, of filming. And if anyone does contract it here in the coming weeks on their end, at least they're not live you know what I mean? It was and not agreeing with anything. I wish they would have shut down sooner too, but at least they did the right thing eventually. Whereas WWE has gone the opposite route and not even filming everything to get everyone home for a couple months to wait all this out. It's nope. We're going live with everything. And it's very, very, very dangerous game. Vince McMahon is playing right now. It very, very dangerous. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot to cover there uh, because so last week, WWE, they had planned to tape a bunch of shows and that would last them, you know, I, I believe through Money in the Bank. They had taped one SmackDown. They were going to do two days of SmackDown tapings, tape a bunch of stuff for SmackDown, two days of Raw tapings. They did one SmackDown taping and then Vince changed his mind and decided to nix it and that they were going to go live every week. Now, the timeline of this is very shady. So a lot of news people are bringing this up. This isn't a wrestling conspiracy thing, but um let me uh, let me get the exact timeline here. But Governor DeSantis in Florida basically deemed WWE an essential business, even though obviously there's a lot of holes in that because there's no live revenue, you know, revenue from the gate coming in. The, the state's not making any money in taxes. You could say they're getting, you know, taxes from the rent, but WWE already has that facility. So there's no additional uh, revenue coming in for the state. But um yeah, WWE deemed an essential business by uh, the state of Florida this week. And I they mean, said they week. were essential to the Florida economy, which is bullshit. They're, yeah, because there's not right. They're not right now at all. And, yeah, and it's and there was a lot more to this. And then that Florida governor is already a very shady, questionable human being. Already, everything that goes on down in Florida. And I know, was there more to this? What didn't like, as far as Linda? Yeah, so I wanted to get your thoughts on that, and then I was yeah. going to get the. The very it's already and it, it's so clear as day what is going on he, like there's no other discussion there's clearly something at play and when you have money you're able to make things happen this is not the play to be making right now with the what is going on in the world of this vince is clay is barking up the wrong tree with this and the lashback is gonna everything within the coronavirus and the in the wrestlers they're gonna come down with it Mark my words, they are going to come down with it. It is going, I really truly think this could be the fall of Vince McMahon with everything going on. It, it's it's not good. Vince McMahon, has, <laughs> we'll get to it. He's had a very, very bad week. Yeah. So a lot of reporters have covered this timeline with what's been going on. So April 1st, uh, Governor DeSantis, he issued an executive order. Basically, originally WWE was not allowed to run. Governor DeSantis spoke with President Trump and then issued the executive order for essential services. On the 9th, he amended that order to include professional sports and media production. This was after they spoke with uh, he spoke with Vince McMahon, whatever happened there. That same day, Linda McMahon 
announced that Donald Trump Super PAC will spend $18.5 million in Tampa and Orlando. So the same day that Linda McMahon has all this money going into Tampa and Orlando is the day that it is deemed that WWE is an essential business. You know, obviously he's claiming that the two aren't connected, but it doesn't take a genius. And then the following day after that is when Vince McMahon decides to resume live WWE television in Orlando. And is it also, did Donald Trump name Vince McMahon, the Vince McMahon is like one of his advisors on the economy? Yep, I was going to get to that after, okay. after your thoughts. Uh, <laughs> no, it, it's, man, and just knowing what I know, the, the, obviously Vince is a businessman, is a very savvy, very cutthroat businessman. And, and what he's been able to achieve is on that, it's at the expense of, of human lives. And there's a lot of things wrong with how he treats specifically the wrestlers people in general it's everything is laid out right there this is one of those things raj where i saw this i go you know what i don't even really need to even say anything anymore i've said my piece time and time again i get people messaging me saying you've told us the truth from the very beginning and now they're they're finally seeing it just sit back and let everything play out the way and that's kind of my take on this is as I speak up for the wrestlers. This is one of those things. I really don't need to say too much more. I think karma is playing out. And I, I honestly think we're seeing the fall of Vince McMahon. Or this is the closest thing we have seen. He is truly being tested now. And I think he's going to go down in flames. He's going to go down swinging regardless. I could see him. He's the type that will lose everything in the battle. To And it's the fact that they're. it's so public, this it's right in your face what's going on. And it's almost like, well, what are you guys going to do about it? Okay, that's worked in the past, but the coronavirus is the one variable that he can't control. And it's all it's going to take is one superstar dying or one superstar and their family member dying or just something, just superstars getting it. And it's going to, it's going to be a fire that not even Vince McMahon will be able to put out. Yeah. It's feeling, gosh, with some of these politicians and everything and with what they're doing, it just feels like that movie Idiocracy. Have you seen that? Yes, it's one of my favorite <laughs> go-to movies of what the what is happening in the world. <laughs> it seemed too far-fetched when I saw it, and I didn't like it at the time because of that, and now it's like a documentary. Drink um, your sugar water. <laughs> no, watering plants with Gatorade. Yeah. <laughs> We're but, almost there. That, that time is coming. Sooner. <laughs> I thought the same thing. I remember watching, and I go, no, you know, I've told people this over the years at like fast foods. I go, I swear, I go, am I getting smarter or is the level going down of just uh, it, it, things are changing? <laughs> so, yeah. Here's another example of it. You brought up uh, President Trump this past week. He's been doing these uh, daily media conferences. Yeah. He was talking about getting sports back and, and, you know, getting the economy back up and running. And he listed a lot of people who he plans to help him you know, on his, uh, on getting the economy back up and running. And one of the names was in, to quote him, the great Vince McMahon. Yeah. So Vince McMahon, and this is just days after the XFL went bankrupt. Vince McMahon is helping the president get the economy, get back and running. And now, and don't get me wrong with all of this. Well, I want the economy back up and oh, running. Absolutely. I think we all do. And with all of this, and there's just so many, there's so many problems. We need testing and we, we need the other, the, What's the other test to see if you've had it with the... 
the antibodies. Antibody tests. Thank you. Like we need these things to be commonplace so that we could protect the elderly and people with pre-existing conditions, and we can get people that have had it, and we could start getting people out back to work. Very, very important thing. I want this more than anything. While also, because I, I think the, what we've done is the super conservative route has a lot more of negative ramifications the longer this goes on. Again, Vince is a businessman. I respect what Vince has been able to do from a business standpoint. I just do not like the way I think he's he's been too greedy, and he's been. And he, there's a lot of personal things which I got to work on every single day to try to let my anger go on some personal things that people will not understand. The man, though, is very smart business wise and has a lot of smart people around him. He's just done a lot of bad things, and, and but mm-hmm. that's, everyone's guilty of doing something. He just has a long track record of it, and it's. It's just, this is the wrong, the play on this isn't right. I can just, I can sit back and like I said, I think we're going to see this play out in a very negative way eventually. Yeah, it's pretty crazy right now. You mentioned how Vince McMahon has been handling things. You know, obviously the big story this past week is just massive layoffs, talent cuts, employees furloughed, uh, producers. Yeah, it's unfortunate, all of it. And it was something, this is, uh, I think... The sooner everything gets back to normal, uh, it does get back to normal. I think some of those people are going to be brought back fairly quickly. But I think WWE, what they did is, and I understand I've seen like Tommy Dreamer make comments. It is big business. And unfortunately, in big business, they have to answer to shareholders and they they want to try to keep the numbers as close as possible. The problem is, is Vince has been been shaving stuff from the performers for far too long. He's been very greedy. And and we've talked about this when I had David Starr on this past week, and we talk about some of that stuff in the numbers a little bit compared to other sports and different figures in entertainment. It's when you're dealing, and this is different with pro wrestlers, Raj, because wrestlers, it's so, it's not like a regular guy showing up to his a nine to five job that gets laid off. There's so much sacrifice that and so much giving to that company for not what they should be getting to begin with. And like a lot of those guys that like got like they're nowhere near. They don't have they don't have a lot. And now and to release them into this climate where WWE knew this too when they did this is there's no independence for these guys to go to right now. AEW's filmed for the next couple months, most likely. They're not showing up anywhere there right now and again usually you got the 90 days also before you could do anything but it's just like it's this is the worst environment for wrestlers to get released in probably in the history that it's ever happened because it's you're stuck at home essentially and and with that income a lot of these guys have families and wives and kids husbands it's it sucks And, and it's really really to me I wish they could have held off on it from a talent standpoint. And the people, the producers, a lot of those people that are there. And like, I was shocked at some people like Billy Kidman and Finley and guys that were like really figured in. I feel like, especially when I was there and Billy was always like, like keeping time of the matches. That's a very difficult thing to do. And you have, you're sitting there at the gorilla position and you got to, Literally, and your matches are changing. We'd have three, four, five, sometimes seven minutes cut off a match, and you got to adjust. The talent has to adjust, but the person that feeds you that information is Billy Kidman, or he was, and I'm sure they they put other people in that. But he was very, very good at timing out the shows, which in like a guy like that and gone, 
so who's doing that? Which again, obviously, right now everything's a little different because they're not they're not. Which they're still doing live shows now. It's oh so much, and some of it like Rusev was out. Rusev, Rusev was out already. He's kind of a that was a way to get one up on him. And like I, they, we fired Rusev, which Rusev wasn't going back most likely anyways with everything going on. Which we talked about all that with that whole angle. Why I had a problem with all that to begin with before is because of stuff like that. And then you got a guy like see like a guy like Heath Slater who was. Right. I feel and I love Heath. He's one of my favorite people because he's given so much to that company. And what happens is what they've done is like a guy like Heath and a guy like Kurt Angle that you're like, why did they release some of these guys? It's because they were on higher downsides. So they were freeing up more money. And they obviously had been paying guys more, but they're still not paying anyone what they are worth, actually really worth. They're just, they were paying them more than they were paying them before. And so, and then like a guy like Aaron Rowan, shocked over Rowan, even though he's never been figured in there. And I know when I was there, they never, outside of when he, him and Harper were together, which I love those two together, they never fully committed to him. And he had a period here where they gave him a little something, and it was like that. They they go with it. It was never for him. It was just to get a match with him and Roman to lead to something else eventually. Like It was never about let's make Eric Rowan as big of a star as possible. Again, he's been there for a long time, probably making more money. <laughs> So guys like that, man, I it's it just sucks because you don't see it coming. There were a lot, so many, never seen releases that big with all this. But all we could hope for is that once everything calms down, they bring some of these guys back. And, and some of the guys, I think it will be a great opportunity once everything resumes back to normal to go somewhere else. But when you release a big group of people like this, it makes it really difficult for on all accounts. Like if, there's only so much on you know, the indies paying money. Like it kind of lowers everyone's value. Yeah, on that, and even other promotions, so they're like, "Well, you guys all got fired," and then they could lowball them on an offer to come. And AEW is not going to hire fifteen guys, right? Yeah, and we'll run through the list here in a second. I wanted to get the numbers real quick. So WWE, they had issued a statement saying that with these cuts and layoffs, they're reducing executive and board member compensation, decreasing operating expenses, cutting talent expenses, and uh, deferring money on their new headquarters for at least six months. That was a big chunk of money that was going into building their new office, which was going to be a lot bigger so they could hire a lot more talent, a lot more employees. They said they'll have monthly savings of $4 million, and that which breaks down to about 700000 per month is being saved with these cuts. You know, a big chunk of change, I know a lot of people are criticizing WWE because they have a half billion in, in cash and in basically a credit line. But, you know, about $90 million of that is cash. The rest is a credit line. You know, obviously, they don't want to be putting stuff on credit right now. Yeah. And also their television deals, which right now they are guaranteed. But if they if something happens, if these wrestlers start getting COVID and they are forced to shut down with the the landscape of television, Fox and USA easily could come in and say, well, this is a breach of the agreement. We're not going to cancel you. I I doubt they would want to cancel, especially USA, because that's their top show. But they'd want to restructure the deal to where WWE is bringing in significantly less. And I think they see that and they're you know trying to prepare for that that situation and those companies are enormous companies and they're going to protect their ass first yeah they, they're not going to let wwe get one up on them and this is the game that vince and this is what i was saying it's a very very dangerous game the reason why vince is getting in criticism on this and again when you look at the from the business aspect of it everything they are doing from a business is, is normal the problem a lot of people have is is we know how vince has been very bad for a long time <laughs> 
And he's mistreated wrestlers for far too long. Don't get me wrong. He's created opportunities for people and he creates jobs for people. There's a good way to do business and a bad. He hasn't done it the the, the most ideal way. And I think it's common knowledge. So what's happened, people, this guy that has created billions off the backs of the men and women that have made him who he is, the first time shit hits the fan, he's cutting losses everywhere. He doesn't have anyone's back. That's the problem that these fans, and they can't necessarily uh, put that into words, but I can, and that's what's happening, I feel like, with because of, of the way he's done business for too long and that not even giving guys a few months to wait it out, it's cut losses right away. It's a really, really unfortunate thing. From a business aspect, I understand it, but I think knowing what we know about him, you would like to see a sign of something that shows you he has a soul inside of him. And again, when you're at that level, though, and he's cutthroat, it's, it is what it is. Yeah, I mean, to your point, I, you know, I, I don't want to always come across I'm crapping on Vince because he has provided yeah. for a lot of wrestlers. But it also, you know, times like this, yes, I understand it's a business decision. And I'm giving Vince the benefit of the doubt because the TV deals I don't feel are as guaranteed as a lot of people are saying because yeah. there is a chance it could get breached. It's hard to give him the benefit of the doubt when it seems like they never go above and beyond for the talent as far as giving them birthdays off or, or anything. And it'd be nice to, you know, giving them mandatory time off. And it would be nice to see them do that. And then in cases like this where they do have to make business decisions where, in, in, you know, the, their talent are screwed, it's easier to give them the benefit of the doubt. But yeah. they never do that. No, they never do. And it's, again, I had to work very hard to because it's so personal for me. And I try to speak fairly on everything. And I'm speaking fairly about in my experience and knowing what this company's done. Not creative, even. From behind the scenes sort of stuff that we've talked about time and time again. I think he's just... Karma's a very real thing to me. And I really believe that... I joked about it with you, the whole coronavirus. I go, this is really just Vince McMahon's karma playing out. The coronavirus is just a byproduct of that. Like it's, I really feel like we're witnessing history go down right now with him. And it's going to be really, really difficult for him. The massive companies like this, shit can go south really, really quick. Like you said, those those Fox and USA want to restructure those deals. A few superstars, a handful. What if 10, 11 of the guys come down? It's very realistic with how easily coronavirus is is spread that and it's already been up there we now know it is up there yeah this is i think the upcoming week shows are going to be very interesting yeah and it is interesting you mentioned how they they wouldn't name the covid uh victim and i know there are hipaa laws but you have all these sports leagues that are announcing like kevin durant uh, here in denver von miller it just came out has, everyone has, else is yeah given full disclosure because you want to be able to track and you would want publicly, what if that superstar wouldn't just say it was Byron Saxton? I have no idea. And say Byron Saxton had interaction with fans at an airport, and they, you would want those people to know, holy shit, like it's very, very, it, to me, it's not good the way they're doing this. And yeah, and to that point, you know, where they're saying, oh, these guys went to a restaurant and did they contact the restaurant? Is that out that the rest, because everyone that was at that restaurant should know. The hospital workers he was out with did then and those workers yeah. that are the hospital was that whole hospital tested like it's there's a lot of shit wrong with this it's not i'm telling you it's not right it's not this is everything we've said how they do stuff i think this is the wrong this is the only way they know though and this is how they've always done business 
This is not the way to do business with the, with the coronavirus. And it's going to be out of their hands really soon, I feel like, Raj. Yeah. So a ton of talent, 22 wrestlers, 10 producers, three coaches, six other members of Talent or Creative were released. Uh, we'll run down the wrestlers real quick and then, and then some of the other employees. Yeah. But when the wrestlers released Rusev, you had mentioned, I mean, we all saw this coming. Yeah. <laughs> that story would work if Rusev was booked to get his revenge at the end, but he was instead buried. So it was clear. What I feared with that and what I talked about and which he got upset with me bringing up because when I got upset, it, I was upset because I knew what was going on. And, and we've obviously, we're cool and we've talked and he, yeah, because I, I remember I'd referenced him being stupid doing the storyline. He's not stupid. You just do, you always play every role to the best of your ability. I did it when I was there. I just already had been down this path and I really like Rusev a lot. So, and he's fine. He has enough value still in his contract. He's, he's a different case than everybody else in this. So, yeah, his contract was coming up anyway and it was clear he, he wasn't, uh, yeah. Kurt Angle, WWE Hall of Famer, one of the biggest uh, stars. He had transitioned to a backstage producer role. Uh, hasn't really been on TV much, but yeah, he's been working backstage as a producer, was under contract. He was the only producer that was released. Uh, the others were furloughed. I would say he was making too much money, probably for what I would imagine. I feel bad for Kurt out of everyone of all of this, and I don't know what the situation was. If I was back wrestling, I would love to be around Kurt Angle. I would love to have him as my producer every match. And I've met Kurt enough, like that guy, man. And so I think it, with his past and stuff, I hope he stays busy. I hope they bring him back. And what they might do too is a lot of these guys, if, if the climate changes, Raj, they release all these guys and they may restructure all their deals on a lower amount to come back. Yeah. Which I don't, I don't like, but. Yeah. Yeah, and to that point, Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson, uh, they signed with WWE in 2016. I, actually, I, I'm not shocked just because of what you said, because they had just re-signed last year with the company. It was rumored to be $750,000 yeah. that they re-signed for. So a big money deal. And it, it was one of those things where WWE's hoarding talent so they don't go elsewhere. But yeah, it, so I could see them being re-signed at a smaller amount, but they have been teasing going back to Japan on Twitter. Which I hope they do because the great guys and Luke and their personalities together, if they were um, allowed to really, really show that all the time on TV, I think they could be very valuable. And uh, I think their stock will go up going back to New Japan. Yeah. It sucks for them that they had the chance last year to leave but WWE threw all this money but anyway it is what it is yeah. zach Ryder been there since 2007 so he's been there a long time and yeah so he was released as along with uh, kurt hawkins i think with zach i think there was in his friendship with cody i think there will be a valuable opportunity i know his shirt i saw did very well on pro wrestling tees i think it was the number one selling shirt they said i think zach uh, will have an opportunity to go to aew and i think do very well if um I think that's a guy that we've seen, and Cody said it too, like once you get over in wrestling, you can get over again. And Zach got really, really over in pro wrestling and on, on YouTube, and he's greatly responsible for that crossover in, in realizing the importance of social media, probably before a lot of other guys. And I'm getting it over to the level that he did and being able to, to get a push out of it on TV and with not being in that inner circle. And he never should have fallen he could have always been a mid, mid, upper mid card guy, regardless if you don't want to push him as a main event guy. I'm okay with that, but I think that he could have had significant value in that intercontinental U.S. title and being in that picture a lot more than he was. So yeah. he'll be a valuable pickup for AEW. Rowan, he's someone that WWE 
keeps trying to push, keeps trying to give him new creative, couldn't find the right thing for him. He, I mean, he had even beat Roman Reigns at the Clash mm-hmm. of Champions pay-per-view last September. He had been getting a push recently, with, and then they did that stupid angle with the motorized spider. And then after that, he was basically done. But yeah, Rowan was released. And I will say with Rowan, and it, it's a fight that it, it's not his fault to stop push. The problem is, is they're giving him characters that aren't true to himself. They need to let Eric Rowan, the man looks like a Viking. Like you need yeah. to let him, him in, in the, not heavy machinery, the... Uh, and, uh, Luke Harper? The no, no, the, the other guys in WWE. I always forget. And I Viking Raiders? Or? Yeah, the Viking Raiders. Sorry. Okay. Like guys like that with Rowan, I feel like that's a stable. I feel like that's money, letting them just be Viking. There's such a missed opportunity with that. And I always I go, why wouldn't you and create a, like a faction, not necessarily at the, of, with a shield push, but with these Vikings, it's just easy money. And where you're fighting, it's like with, with PJ Black and, and Leo Kruger, you had two guys from South Africa. It's just an easy sell and they have the accents. It, it, you don't have to fight anything. Rather, they make you do these things that aren't natural. And I think Rowan was a victim of that more that great pickup for AEW. If they can go there and take advantage with him, maybe find some other, some sort of Viking stable. I think there's money in that for him. And speaking of the Viking thing, Sarah Logan was released as well. She had kind of a Viking character. She's married to Erica, the Viking Raiders. She was released. She was she had just wrestled on Raw uh, this last Monday where she lost to Shayna Baszler. So Sarah Logan was on the right squad. And once that broke up, they never really found a, a place for her. And she wasn't up there for a significant amount of time. It will be uh, for someone like that. It's hopefully she can get picked up somewhere and, and continue her journey. It's the TV value is not going to be as high because she wasn't there as long. Um, Someone like that, unfortunately. Yeah. EC3, I think this one is another one that wasn't surprising. He, uh, a good push in NXT was pretty over. Then he went to the main roster. According to John Moxley, he worked with John Moxley in a match where EC3 was supposed to get over his baby face and Moxley and the crowd was supposed to turn on Moxley, but they didn't. And he basically got buried after that. And he's a guy, and it was, I think that sounds great. I think it makes Moxley look even better. I think the more realistic situation probably was because he filed for some trademarks that WWE didn't like. And I think that played a bigger role long-term into what happened with him and why he was demoted. Feel bad for him because he's a guy that left and got over, which is not easy to do and, and kind of changed everything up and came up with the EC3 character and very entertaining on the mic. And this is to me why this is where it, I went the route I went to and with the injuries is when you put your eggs in that basket and you're reliant on someone else to book you and you in that pro wrestling environment, that is the worst thing that could happen. And he's lived it. And I feel horribly bad for him that because it mentally you leave, you go get yourself over and then you go back into that environment again that already kind of fucked you. And then they fuck you even bigger the second time. It's very, very mentally frustrating, and I think he's going to be fine if he can go back. Some, it's going to, but it's another restart once again. And he's always been a fighter, man. I think he he can go back to Impact. I think and or AEW. I think again another pickup. I think a guy like that he could help going back to familiar ground with Impact and get some steam again, and then go to AEW. Drake Maverick. He debuted in January 2018. Really entertaining guy. He's kind of been, you know, pushed in different directions. He was the general manager of 205 Live, that he was the manager of authors, uh, the Authors of Pain. And now he's in this interim Cruiserweight Championship tournament, and he's still going to work it. So even though he's been released, he's still doing this tournament, and then he's, he'll 
tentative, you know, expectedly be gone after that. And that's a guy, I think he'd make a great, he's a manager. Like he, I like, I like Leo Rush with Bobby Lashley. Like I love that. And I know he's another guy. I like Drake with somebody. I think he's a very entertaining on-air personality. When I saw, cause I saw his video and I, I feel for the guy and I know what his mindset is. I look at it as, is I wish he wouldn't do the tournament. I wish it would just, that's how it, but what he's doing is, is I'm thinking, hoping maybe they'll bring him back when all this calms down. So go there, help them out for that tournament, and then hopefully gets brought back. So I don't disagree with that at all. I understand it, and I just look at things more personal. <laughs> with it. But uh, so I, he's just doing good business on his way out and hoping for another opportunity to come back. I like him on WWE TV in a, in a managerial role. I think is where you can really let that personality shine because he could be that annoying little barking yapping dog with the big guys or whoever you want him with. So. Yeah. And his stuff with the 24-7 title, Great. as much of a joke as that was, him and R-Truth were like the stars of that. He was uh, really entertaining. Entertaining. Mike and Maria Canellas. Now, Mike is not surprising. He had requested his release, you know, last, I believe it was last October. I mean, he took to Twitter, requested his release just months after him and Maria had re-signed. So they had re-signed last June, new WWE contracts. Weren't used much even after re-signing. Mike requested his release. He got released here, but also his wife, Maria. And Maria just had a baby nine weeks ago. Yeah. Timing-wise, not ideal with everything. It's kind of... You would think maybe they would hold on to her just a little longer to maybe... I don't know. That's... Uh, I think that's just a, the most just looks bad. I agree. I, I don't know if you remember when uh, WWE fired Don Marie while she was on maternity leave. Oh, yeah. I remember hearing about that. There's just times when you don't. But I know from personal experience, like when my ankle and I was I, they didn't think I was going to be able to wrestle again. They tried to fire me. Like, mm -hmm. I mean, I was like, I couldn't fucking walk. And they were just going to leave me on the street. Like I had nothing. I was like, whoa, whoa. Like, if it was my like fault from the thing, I was like, I could have lived with that. But that's the way that to me is where I have that personal anger and hate that I deal with on a daily basis of trying to let that go fully. And there's days where I'm great at it. And there's other days I'll hear something and it triggers me really badly because it brings back personal experiences. And uh, that one just doesn't, I get you let Mike go, maybe hold on to her a little longer. What's the right time with that? I don't know. Nine weeks doesn't feel like that answer though. Yeah. Uh, Heath Slater, your old uh, yeah. Nexus cohort. Heath one has been, yeah, he's been there for a long time. Yeah, he was released as well. One of my favorite people, and I put out a tweet with him the other day, and it got a little bit of steam. It looked like he, and I meant every word of it. And I talked to him, actually, he just sent me a little Instagram voice message this morning with him and his daughter, just saying hello. And uh, a guy like that, and when he made his Instagram video, I feel for because people, and he talks about, you know, he holds himself accountable, which, and this guy, he's only ever done anything they've ever asked. Um, and if you go back and watch any of the matches between the two of us, he would go out of his way and granted we're friends, but to make me look good, even taking a tackle, just little things to make him the moment bigger. He was very selfless and going out there. And uh, this is a problem. They don't have a lot of talents that do this. A lot of them will get angry. They don't like putting other guys over. 
Heath is your is the guy you don't want to let a guy like that go, and that's why I think they should be paid more. Is because you need guys like him and Kalen Croft was a lot like this, where they took pride in going out there and they didn't try to get themselves over in a match that wasn't for them. And whereas a lot of guys will still try to get themselves over when they don't want the company doesn't want them to, and they want you to solely get that other performer over. And and Heath was so good at going out there and doing that. And, and Heath, when he was allowed to go out there and shine, he could go out and get himself over and it wasn't nearly enough opportunities for him. And the guy, I've seen him on live events, tear the house down, get the loudest reactions out there and not being in the main event. And the guy, it's just, he's going to be a very valuable pickup. I would love for him to have an opportunity in AEW. I think he can continue on with the I got kids. <laughs> Bring him in. He had to come in for a low rate. <laughs> Just he, he but he he's paying the bills and he left on my message today. I gotta go feed these damn kids. <laughs> and they're with him. It's a joke. Like, but yeah. he lives the gimmick. It's such a easy, everyone can relate to it. It's just yeah. a guy that loves his kids, you know? And uh I love him, man. So yeah, and he's one of those guys. Whenever he was put into something, he knocked it out of the park. The stuff with the Rhino, the I Got Kids, the, uh, when he did the Southpaw Regional Wrestling. So uh, he's a really entertaining guy. He's so, a great human um, being. Yeah. Uh, no Way Jose. A terrible gimmick, but he's a guy with size who's got a you know pretty good look, uh, you know, but uh, just sidelined with a bad gimmick. Chance for him to, um, to repackage himself. Yeah. And he's a guy that can go actually – and repackage himself and really concentrate on a character and work. It's a guy that has good size that could really be aggressive and and be pissed off and do something along those lines and and then have an opportunity to go somewhere else. And I think he could really, really, if he hustles on the independent scene, I think he could not just do the no way Jose gimmick because that might be the easy thing. And granted, he might want to do that for a bit to get some money because that money would probably, once Indies are back up, probably be a, a little better. Wasn't there as long. He's not going to have a two and a half year shelf life of making phenomenal money on the indies as far as is something like certain guys, other guys that leave. But I think he can just repackage himself and give himself a very, very good opportunity uh, somewhere else if he takes yeah. this, handles this right. Yeah. Eric Young. Eric Young was yeah. brought in in 2016 in NXT as a, the leader of the stable sanity. This is one of those cases where getting called to the main roster always isn't the best thing. That group was over. If they didn't get called to the main roster. They'd probably still be working there. So, yeah, uh, Eric Young, he got called up to the main roster, was used. Sanity was given like a few weeks, basically were stopped being used. But uh, Eric Young uh, did some enhancement matches over the past year, and he has done some work backstage as a producer as well. And something went south there with him, and I don't know what it is as far as he was always out there without an entrance. They, I mean, very bland after. And I know the guy. I've seen him on other stuff. A hell of a personality. You go out there and you do what you're asked. I think this will benefit him greatly to get out of that environment and give himself a chance to creatively thrive um, again and to, again, repackage himself and just have better opportunities elsewhere outside what he was given there. Yeah. Leo Rush. Leo had signed in, in 2017. Uh, he was the mouthpiece for Bobby Lashley yeah. for a little while. He was the Cruiserweight Championship. I, he was the Cruiserweight Champion, I believe, it was this year or yeah, I believe it was as recently as this year. So he was released as well. He's kind of been up and down with the company. Uh, he'd kind of have heat with the company, then they'd give him a little push, then back to having heat. 
I loved him with Bobby. I thought there was major money in that if they would have really committed to that. I thought they brought out the best in each other. I thought he helped really, really enhance Bobby's personality for the first time that I'd seen up there in a different way. And I thought he added confidence to Bobby's personality in a way. And having somebody they played off each other really, really well, um, that was ended far too soon in my opinion, but obviously there were other things going on. And I think this was just an opportunity for the company to get, get rid of him. And I think that he was, they were going to toy with him for a long time, probably. So I think this is the best thing for him to be able to go somewhere else. And, and I like him as a mouthpiece with somebody like with, I think he can have that dynamic he had with Bobby with somebody else. He's got a ton of charisma yeah. and he could do some really cool stuff. Absolutely. He's a really talented guy. Yeah, very talented. Epico and Primo, they haven't been used on TV. It, I think they were done with the company anyway. They seemed like they had no interest in no. staying. I have many, many matches with those guys. I love those guys. And they're down in Puerto Rico, and they're going to be fine. It was inevitable. They're probably making a decent amount of money, getting paid, sitting at home. And it, financially, it probably just made sense to cut them free. Yeah. So that appears to be all the main roster cuts as of now. There are some NXT talent cut, and those are still ongoing. We'll see it with NXT UK. But uh, the NXT talents is Deanna Parasso, who's been used on the main roster a handful of times as an enhancement talent. Dan Matha, MJ Jenkins, Alyssa Marino, and Alexander Jaksic. So, yeah. Unfortunate. I was really shocked over Norman Smiley being let go. Norman is... Oh, Norman wasn't let go. Oh, wait. Norman wasn't let... No. Was that... Uh, so, there's a fake Twitter account for Norman Smiley that a bunch of wrestlers follow. Ah. And so, that Twitter account basically tweeted it out. A bunch of wrestlers re retweeted it, but that is not a real Twitter account. So, the, the main producers, there were 10, but the big ones were Fit Finley, uh, Shane Helms, Billy Kidman, Mike Rotunda, Sean Davari, were, and uh, okay. Sarah Stock, and, and Lance Storm were the ones Hurricane. that were really surprising. Yep. The Fit Finley, especially. He's been there uh, since. Yeah, two thousand. Yeah, I mean, he's been working with WWE forever. All the women credit him for the, uh, how much work he's done with the women's division. I love Fit Man, and he was a guy. He was shocked after that uh, that one, but I don't know if he was had a a, a higher downside. Uh, I don't know. I I'm glad Norman. I was really really puzzled by that because he's been he's such a key down there to the NXT and in developmental when I was there, and he's a guy that he stays. He knows how to play the system really well and just he goes there, he does his job, he doesn't really speak up on anything. I was like, I was I was shocked, so I'm glad he didn't because he's a great guy. Yeah. But yeah, hopefully these people come back once all this blows over. Yeah. And then also us coaches, Serena Deeb, Kendo Cashin, uh, Chris Guy, who's a steel, the announced team, Aiden English, uh, was let go, uh, Jerry Soto. Uh, referees, this was a surprise one. Mike Kyoda, who's been there since 89. I was shocked. Um, yeah, he has been injured, but yeah, just one of the most respected referees in the company. It, it was That one was one of the most surprising of all the releases. Which I, he's probably making a decent amount of money that they could look at. And this is how they are with the business. And they, we saw it with the, the Mark Eaton where they let him go and it was a rant. Like it was a lot of people. And then they put a guy that they probably paid. Uh, I remember uh, like a fifth of what they were paying him to do the same job. You would like to see some loyalty, but again, how long is too long there? Or there's never, and I don't know, maybe he's getting a care package for his time. I know what, I don't know the details of it, but he is getting a lot older now and that is a job with with today's talent and the pacing and if he's starting to get injured maybe they just they just looked at it as uh you know who knows but that could be a guy they bring in in with experience to help with the younger refs 
to maybe, you know yeah. what I mean? As yeah. a producer, even for the refs, you never like that could be something that opens up down the line with him. And that was just, they just saw an opportunity to free up some money for the short term here. So yeah. Sucks. Um, Great guy. I like him a lot. Yeah. And I'm not sure about Kyoto, but it should be mentioned that the producers other than angle are furloughed. So, and uh, wrestling, Inc. we had some exclusive details on the furloughs, they're basically telling people that are furloughed that it's expected that they'll be back by July the 1st, although they have the, you know, they can either terminate that, extend it, you know, change yeah. it, whatever. Yeah, and that's normal. Yeah. The XFL declared bankruptcy this past week. They filed for Chapter 11 on Monday. So it, it was revealed uh, that, well, actually, it, it had been known that WWE had a, a stake in the XFL but didn't pay any money for it. Uh, the bankruptcy filings reveal that WWE actually owns 23.5% of the Class B shares in the XFL. Vince McMahon owns, owns all the Class A shares. So WWE was involved, even though Vince would constantly say, you know, on the calls that they were completely separate. The uh, XFL owes a lot of money to it's like a thousand different creditors. So filing for bankruptcy allows them to renegotiate, you know, uh, what they're owed. And a lot of people won't get paid at all. A lot of people I know aren't happy with the way he's going about business right now. And um, that's why I said, this is one of those situations. This virus is, is changing things drastically. And like the bigger you are, it's the harder you can fall with all of this. And the fact that he's lied already, it, it doesn't look good. Once you start lying to people, it's, it's really hard to distinguish when are you telling the truth or when are you lying to them further. And uh, I think this is opening up a, another further, a bigger can of worms than I think that he, even Vince McMahon can handle. Yeah. AEW this week also announced that AEW Double or Nothing, their pay-per-view, is still on for Saturday, May 23rd. In my opinion, AEW doesn't get a pass either, even though the, this is over a month away. But yeah. every credible sports organization is pausing until it's looking like you can clear up. And so... It just makes, I think it makes AEW look really bad trying to continue with this show right now before before we know, before things start looking yeah. better. And we've talked about it because I've seen people when I put out things and we've talked about both. I'm not happy, but I'm glad they're at least taking the lead and taking some time off to kind of sort things out. I'm hoping that if maybe this is a best case scenario where they're, you can go either way with this, that they they're announcing it. But if things are worse or bad still, then they cancel it uh, leading up to the thing. And then no harm, no foul. Or it's you could say, well, let's just cancel it right now. And then, you know, maybe a couple, if it's looking good prior, okay, we're going to do this show still. And even if it's not a public show, you could always announce that. I think they're just maybe looking at it as, from a business standpoint, advertising it, hoping everything improves then yeah. no harm, no foul. It, and then everything, it was just they were anticipating things getting better. But, it, again, that was going to depend on how they handle this if, leading up to it. If things are not better, I would hope that for the sake of the talent, they they choose not to do it. I don't think anyone's going to be upset at it. And both everything else is just not putting people in, in jeopardy until more is known. And wrestling has kind of gone the other way. And I don't understand yeah. it. I think we we both agree. We hope everything is opened up by then and things are way better. And this thing, uh, but it's looking very unlikely right now. More crappy news this week. WWE Hall of Famer Howard Finkel passed away. As far as when I was a kid, he was kind of like yeah. one of the voices of my childhood. Him and like Gene and Bobby and Gorilla and Jesse. So, yeah, really sad. He passed away at the age of 69. Yeah, great, great man. Just anytime I, uh, any interaction 
I sat yesterday trying to remember some different times and I'd see, we would just randomly see him at different things. And it was always a pleasant conversation. He was always smiling and happy. I never saw him during kind of when he, I think I was gone after his health took a turn for the worse there and whatnot. It's just, you could see by the, the, the tweets and the Instagram posts that everyone put out how much he meant to a lot of people. So especially people that had been there for a significant period of time. I didn't have the interaction with him like a lot of other people. And, but I do remember anything that in time we did talk, it was always very pleasant. And, you know, may he rest in peace. And it was just uh, things just when you think things can't get worse, it, they they get worse. Yeah. So our, you know, thoughts and condolences Absolutely. to Finkel's family, yes. friends and fans, whatever, all accounts with just a great guy. That, I saw um, Jericho put out a thing that he was a loyal lackey and uh, <laughs> which is, is truer words have never been spoken. He was a WWE lifer and, uh, and he put that, I don't, I'm sure he's done some things I probably don't agree with and I've heard from, but that's not the time and the place. And, he was always very pleasant to talk to um, when I was there, and he he loved the WWE above everything else. Yeah, one of the craziest weeks in pro wrestling. Hopefully, things calm down next week, and we have a lot more good news. But uh, that's, yeah, uh, I wanted to ask you too. Did you? Because I didn't talk about this last week with Ronda Rousey. Everything with her comments with making the oh, fake yeah. wrestling thing uh, remarks is that if there's any speculation on if she's going back or not to WWE. Well, the belief is that she'll be a uh, part of next year's WrestleMania if she's not pregnant uh, or, you know, anything okay. like that. If she's able to go, that she'll she'll be a part. And it's clearly she's working, you know, the fans because, I mean, I, it, she might have some disdain for the fans turning on her. She yeah. really did with MMA fans. She she hated how she was treated at the end there. And, you know, she would talk about it and shoot interviews uh, before she got into wrestling. It wasn't a work. So yeah. she's sensitive with how fans treat her so I, I could see her being upset with fans but not with wrestling she loved it and yeah. she got along with all the talent so and she's something i think she didn't like and it's she's had a lot of success and she's yeah. and if you watch her documentary on netflix and like devoted her life to something and, and, and excelled and, and did something that a lot of women weren't able to just open the doors for a lot of women on different things and and there's all always different stories but she had a lot of success there nobody stays on top forever and, and obviously, I think people, um, and we've seen with MMA, MMA fans are just as bad, if not worse, than wrestling fans. As far as when I say fans, that negative portion. that And even there, in that you take it so personal because you're fighting for your life every time. There's people that haven't fought a day in their life or don't understand the work ethic and they're, they're critiquing and attacking. So I understand they like, really take that personal from an MMA standpoint. In wrestling, though, it's with the fans. It's the same thing. I think she's brilliant at... And I talk about this where you, when you put out messages, when you put them out from a place of love, it's one thing. But when you can put out loving messages from a place of anger and hate, <laughs> where it comes right. off really bad, and what like sometimes what you do is, if she's coming back and maybe and she's going to be in a heel role, you will say things to push that negative portion's buttons. But sometimes it also offends the people that actually like you too. And I think right. and so. It could go either way that she's just she's really good at pushing people's buttons to get a reaction and getting everyone to talk about her. 
Yeah. She's yeah. brilliant at it. I love it. I yeah. think uh, for people that aren't, uh, do you mind if I read this quote? No, real please. Quick? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So for people who don't know what we're talking about, she, in an interview on the, she was on the wild ride podcast with Steve-O. Uh, she said she's never going to go back to WWE in a full-time capacity. And she said she didn't want to spend so much of her energy on ungrateful fans. But she said, she, she goes, I love the WWE. I had such a great time. I love all the girls in the locker room. Running out there and having fake fights for fun is just the best thing. I love choreography. I love acting. I love theater, live theater, and some of the last forms of live theater. So a lot of people, Lana, Alexa Bliss, uh, Nia Jax, were really upset with the fake fighting comment. Yeah, but Ronda, and again, everyone uses it, the wrestlers. It is what it is. And I love wrestling, but and again, when you're wrestling, there's a respect thing, and and when you talk about it, and but at the end of the day, and I've had more the injuries and and with my things, I've used the term many many times on right. things, and again though it's a way though, and when I I've done it too, and I say this from experience, you're not saying it to disrespect the business, you're doing it to push the the buttons of those people that take this way too serious. It's a fun thing to do sometimes. When you do it, it can sometimes come off maybe that you're not being respectful, but I think Rhonda she works so hard and. Here's the thing too, Raj, with the talent. And this is what I recognized when I was there. When you work there and you do that schedule, you're their bitch. Okay. And she's made a lot of money and had a lot of success. And she went and did that schedule when she didn't have to. Now, everybody else there, me included when I was there, we had to, we didn't have any leverage. And it's not the, I, that things, it shouldn't be that way. And I recognize that there's no power in that, that why am I going to spend 20 years of my life and be in a wheelchair to then to be able to maybe have power at some point, which you may never even have, or use this knowledge that I've acquired in business and create a huge multi-million dollar business and then show up at WrestleMania one day and piss everybody the fuck off. Like I used to get pissed off when people would come in from every different walk of life because you're their bitch. She's not their bitch. And I fucking respect that. Brock isn't their bitch on that level. There's different ways to go about punk tried to go and do it, but he failed. I'm going my way of doing it. And it's in you. And there's been some other things. She's earned every right to not go back and do that schedule. I've heard guys like Cornette rip around. She doesn't have to. She's gone out and taken chances and sacrifices to have power to come in. I love that. And that is people wrestlers shouldn't get mad at that. They should be, you should be inspired by that, that you're not that company's bitch and you can do something else outside of there to come back and be in a position where you just show up and you get to live your dream and have fun and not have to be a whore 300 days a year. Yeah. I love it. And you know, we've talked about the term fake before where I try not to use it because just because people that don't watch wrestling use that word as a way to demean it. But as far as the actual matches go, cause choreographed isn't right. It's not like every spot is choreographed. Usually that's all improv. So it's like, what word do you really call the actual action? Well, um, a lot of their matches, the women's matches, they choreograph a lot of them. Yeah. I've seen it with them go A to Z many, many times all day. And mm-hmm. a lot of the guys, a lot of the, the flippity flop stuff, they choreograph right. a lot of that stuff from even their strikes. Right. Now, there's guys that don't do that all the time. They only choreograph small parts. So it's not completely inaccurate, but it's also, I think Rhonda is, again, she's in control. And if so, even if and this just even if she's being 100% serious and she doesn't, what's anyone going to do? She's right. going to come in. She's going to get her contract. They know she can get the attention and help with things, and the women are going to work with her because they're not in a position not to, unless they're ready to walk out and leave. But they're not going to. It's we're not going. They're not going to see that. So, and maybe they're working too, and maybe they're. You know, I I don't know. 
but I think yeah. she's brilliant with everything that she does. Absolutely. Uh, well, I think this is the longest we've went. <laughs> Busy week, Raj. Anything you want to go ahead to plug to wrap up? Busy week. Yeah, uh, check out uh, WrestlingInc.com. We got uh, new interviews all the time. We had Jake the Snake Roberts this week. Stu Sachs of Pro Wrestling Illustrated, who's re- retiring after uh, decades. Lillian Garcia, Uriah Faber, the Blue Meanie, Tom Lawler, uh, DDP, uh, Ric Flair we had recently. And Ryback is going to be doing our podcast yes. Monday night after Raw with myself, Matt Morgan, and Glenn Rubenstein. So that'll I'm, be fun. I'm looking forward to that. That'll be fun. Yeah. <laughs> Good deal, Raj. Thank you very much. And thank you guys for listening. You've just listened to the Shooting Blanks Wrestling Report. Feed me more. Thank you guys very much for listening to the Shooting Blanks Wrestling Report with myself and Raj Geary. Check out WrestlingInc.com for the latest in news in professional wrestling and Feed Me More Nutrition, my all-natural supplement line, available on FeedMeMore.com. Just for listening to the Shooting Blanks Wrestling Report, we're going to give you 20% off with the discount code SHOOTING20 at checkout. Just use code SHOOTING20 on FeedMeMore.com to save 20%. Get hungry. Stay hungry. Feed me more. Feed me more. May you rest in peace. Awesome! Yes! 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 Hulkamaniac is running wild! Yeah! I said give me the hell yeah! <laughs> <laughs> Shooting place! Wrestling Report!